This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, this week's parasha is Pasha's Pinchas. Pasha's Pinchas. Okay, let's take a look into Pasha's Pinchas. A lot of interesting things we're going to learn tonight. Number one. Number one. Pinchas ben Allah's ben Aaron Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akoyen. So we all think it means Pinchas, the son of Elazar, and Elazar was the, was the son of Aaron Akoyen, right? That's what it looks like. What it means, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akoyen. Pinchas son of Elazar, and Elazar was the son of Aaron Akoyen. No, what it means it follows. In the Chidah it brings down, and in the Sefer Gugulim it brings down, that Nadav Avihu died. They brought an Eish Zara. They made a Chil Hashem. And they died. And they didn't get married. That was one of the reasons they died. They didn't get married. They brought an Eish Zara. They passed in Halacha. They drank wine. All different, different reasons. And when Pinchas was surrounded by Shevet Shimon because he killed Zimri and they wanted to kill him he his neshama went out he realized he was going to die his neshama went out it says Hashem took the neshamas of Nadav Aviyu and he put them into um, Pinchas' body and they were reincarnated to fix what they did wrong the Chil Hashem that they did wrong that they didn't have children We'll get into this in, in, in a couple of minutes. And, um, oh, I didn't bring my chidah. Okay, we'll talk about it next week. So, um, so if they were, if now Pinchas had the neshamas of Nadar Aviyu and later on became a Leon Avi, so that means, who was Nadar Aviyu's father? Hello? Who was Nadar Aviyu's father? Aram. So the way he translates the Pasuk is, Pinchas ben Elazar. Pinchas was the son of Elazar. That was his father. But now that Pinchas died and he got the, the neshamas of Nadaviyu, he was also ben Aaron. Who is the father of Nadaviyu? Aaron Akayin. So Pinchas ben Elazar. Then he died. The neshamas of Nadaviyu came in. So he was ben Elazar and he was ben Aaron. Not ben Elazar ben Aaron. That, Elazar, that Aaron was his grandfather. But that he was ben Elazar and he was ben Aaron. Beautiful. Okay, you're all looking at me like I'm weird. Okay, that's that's a, that's a beautiful shot and what this pasuk really what this pasuk is really saying. But anyway, so what did he do? He in, in the in the parsha before, what did he do? By Yeshiv Yisrael by Shittim, they were they were in Shittim. By Yachalem was nice as Bnei Mayav, and they began. We're going to see soon how they fell in, how Klaishro could fall into such immorality. How did this happen? Right, very slowly, very smartly. The the, the Mayav and Midianim were. And and this great man who was a Nasi in, in Klai Yisrael came and he, he had a Bijanis and he was boiled, he was being boiled at Bijanis, he was being with her. He took a, a spear in his hand. We learn from here that he was not a Kanoi that walks around shul shh, 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 the whole time. 
right? He didn't walk around with a spear looking for someone who was doing something wrong so he could stick it into him, right? He was just the opposite. He was a peaceful man. So by Yikach Romach, he didn't have one. He had to go get one. So he had to go get one. He wasn't a warrior. A warrior has one. Yikach Romach, he had to go get one. So what, he wasn't a guy that was looking for trouble, right? But he saw what happened when he saw. By Yikach Romach Viadai. And he took a, a, um, a, a spear in his hand. By Akuba. And he stuck the spear through the private parts of the man and the woman. By Shneham, he speared both of them. As Ishitrov as Isha Akabasa. And he actually lifted them up in front of everyone on that spear, the two of them. And there's a, there's, I don't have time to learn with you this tonight, but, but he was a Kayan. And, well, he wasn't a Kayan yet, but he didn't want to become Tomei. And there was blood, when you spear somebody, there was blood. So it says it was a miracle that the blood did not go onto his hands. Okay? Um, but he was from Magefa, and Hashem created, there was a Magefa, and 24,000 Jews died. But the minute he killed Zimri, my anger was settled. Now, Bnei Yisrael, Bekanos Kenazi, Lechelisi Bnei Yisrael, Bekanos, I didn't wipe them out. Therefore, Lechein Emar, Hineni Naisin Leyes Brisi Shalom. Everything Hashem does is Mida Kenegin Mina. And therefore, what's the Mida Kenegin Mida? You would think the Mida Kenegin Mida, if he killed Zimri and Cosby, right? He went and killed them. So the Mida Kenegin Mida is that he's going to become a great warrior. He's, he's a warrior. He killed them. So he can become a great warrior. And his children can become great warriors. That's the Midah Kenegamida. But for some reason, that's not the Midah Kenegamida. The Midah Kenegamida is Brisi Shalom. I gave him a bris of peace. What's a bris of peace? What is a Kayan's job? Oyev Shalom, Veroydev Shalom, right? So Kaddish Baruch Hu made him a Kayan. Until now, he was not a Kayan. Aaron was a Kayan. Nadav Avia was a Kayan and Lazar Nisama. That's it. Pinchas was not a Kayan. So he became a Kayan now because of what he did. A Kayan's job is to bring Shalom into the world, right? And the Torah tells us what was the name of the, of the, of the, of the Jew, Zimri ben Saloi, and the name of the girl was Kazbi Basur. Okay? So the Kash is, what's the Mida can I get? Mida boys, gentlemen. What's the Midah Mida? The guy killed someone, Pickles killed someone, and now you're giving him a Brisi Shalom instead of making him a big warrior. So what's the, what's the Midah Kenegah Mida here? Where's their Shalom? Killing someone is Shalom? Where's their Shalom? Why is that the reward? And it says that Pickles became Eliyar Navi. And the reason he became Eliyar Navi is that, and why Eliyar Navi doesn't, never died, because when your whole body is Shalom, your Ruach, your Neshama, and your, and your nefesh, and I forgot the fourth thing, whatever, are all working together, and you're pure, then your person doesn't die. It's when those things that get separated from each other is when a person dies. So being that he took, he took his 248 limbs in his hand, and he put it at stake, literally at stake for, for Hashem, because, because the whole shaver wanted to kill him, right? So therefore he was given this greasy shalom, shalom, he became shalom. But what's the Mida Kenegim Mida? And the terrace is very important. I had this situation, a place that I was davening, and guys were talking. And I, I said something, and I said, you have to, uh, if you want to talk, go outside and talk, whatever it is. And this guy's like, why are you starting arguments in shul? The guy got very angry at me. Why are you starting arguments in shul? Because the guy was like, well, you don't mind your own business, and the whole thing started getting crazy. And they're like, why are you starting arguments in shul? You know? And, and they, they have these guys who want peace, peace, don't, you know? 
Let everyone live their own way. Red Wolfstein, don't tell, don't tell people how to live. Let there be peace. Everyone should be able to do whatever they want, you know. And there's all these therapists out there. Not therapists, but, but other people. It's like if the kid wants to do it, let him do it. Help him do it. Right? You know, peace. All in the name of peace. You know, parents and children have to be at peace. If your kid's at a Yankee game and he wants to trade Frankfurter with cheese, let him buy it. And if you don't have money to buy it, buy it for him. I'm like, are you out of your mind? You're taking this kid to Gehenna, your own child. You're buying him Gehenna. You're going to watch him roasting Gehenna because you told you went and bought him a Frank with, with cheese, with Trey for Frank? What are you talking about? Right, well, if you don't understand, that's be peace. Peace between the parents and the kid. If he's not going to listen to his kid, he's not going to do whatever he wants. You're going to be fighting in the house. Peace. Says Pasha's Pinchas. What is true peace? True peace is peace between a Jew and Hashem. And when you bring peace between a Jew and Hashem, that is the Brisi Shalom. So even though it was murder, it was he killed two people, there was blood, there was a spear, it was war. Right? That is the greatest peace. Not doing wrong things in the name of peace. That's not peace. Separating a Jew from God, that's not peace. Someone talking in shul, that's not peace. Because the ultimate peace is peace between the Kodesh Baruch Hu and Klai Yisrael. Oh, Wallace, you know, ooh, you're getting, oh, you, you, you have Suarez and things, you're making up things. Who said the ultimate peace is when everyone gets along in shul and everyone gets along in the community? That's the ultimate peace. Not, you know, not Jewish people getting, doing what they're supposed to do. So, Baruch Hashem, I'm not saying this. So you can't throw darts at me. I'll quote it. Rav Chaim Salavechik, the Briskarov. People have a misconception of peace. They think peace must be maintained at all costs. As long as there are no fights or disputes between anyone, that is all fine. The root of the word Shalom is in fact Shalem, is perfection. The ultimate state of perfection is where there is peace between man and Hashem. And if they're talking in shul, there's no peace between man and Hashem. So you got to tell the guy next to you to shut up and to put his phone off. And you're going to say, you're starting a whole argument. No, I'm making peace. The guy turns off his phone. I'm not making, I'm not starting an argument. I'm making peace. However, during the plague in the desert where there was no way to achieve true shalom and people had to act as he did in order to, to restore peace, we see from here that by overriding peace momentarily, causing machlaikas, because look what he did. He caused Shimon. They wanted to kill him. There's a whole machlekes, whole thing going on. Pichus restored a more important and effective peace for Bnei Yisrael. What is the most important peace for Bnei Yisrael? Peace between them and Hashem. Sorry, the Briskarov, not to Chaim Wallstein. So don't send me any emails. Whoever's watching this, don't send me emails. Send it to the Briskarov. Okay, because the Briskarov is saying, yeah, you got to make trouble. If, 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 if the ultimate peace is between Christ and Hashem, you don't have to be so peaceful. And let, and let, and let us do the wrong things. That's not really peace. And who do we learn that from? We learn that from Pinchas. So what's the Mida Kedeg Mida? Even though he killed, but what he did is, he brought peace between Christ and God by killing Zimri and this woman. That is the ultimate shalom. And Akash Baruch Hu said, I will give you a Brisi shalom. Because you made shalom between me. Yo, you didn't make shalom. The whole Shevet Shimon was going to go to war. The whole was going to go to war. They wanted to hang him. They wanted to kill him. What kind of peace is that? Yeah, that is the ultimate peace. The ultimate peace is making peace. But you have to have focus. We lose focus. I have to tell you, 
my, my little grandson, my little grandson Yitzchak, he's in the share this week. First time he made it to the share. So he comes over to me on Shabbos. I talk about focus, right? He comes up to me on Shabbos. He says, Xavier, I want to tell you a story. I'm like, okay. Maybe he'll be a storyteller one day. You know, I'm all excited. So he says, in Europe, there was this man and a Jewish guy. And he came to the border and he had a wheelbarrow full of sand. And the guy at the border, the guard, was very anti-Semitic. And he said, I know what you're doing, Jew. You're, you're, you're not bringing sand across the border. You are smuggling. You probably have diamonds in there. I want you to dump the whole wheelbarrow, all the sand out, and we're going to go through every grain of sand. So he dumps the whole sand out, and they go through every single grain of sand. They don't find nothing. He goes across. Next day, he comes back with a wheelbarrow full of sand. Guy says, no, no, no. Dump it out, dumps it out. This goes on for 15 years. Every single day, this anti-Semite makes him dump all the sand out, go through it. He's like, I know... You keep not, you know, putting anything in it because you think I'm going to stop checking, right? And then you're going to put something in it. I'm never going to stop checking. Every single day I'm going to check. Fifteen years. This guy went his wheelbarrow and he put the sand across it. Anyway, finally after fifteen years he retires, and the guard retires, and they got old, and they end up in a nursing home together. The guard and the Jew. And the guard goes over to the Jew and he says, "Now you can tell me because until now you were scared of going to tell the government." I'm done, I'm retired, I have nothing to do with the government, the government changed already, it was after the war, right? I can't do anything to you, but you got to tell me, what's the deal? 15 years, I checked every single day. Really, what were you smuggling? I mean, I know you were smuggling. What were you smuggling? I could not find it. And the Jewish guy looks at this, at this anti-Semite, and he says, you fool, I was smuggling wheelbarrows. <laughs> Focus. Focus. See how you can lose focus? He's busy with the sand. This guy was smuggling wheelbarrows every day. New wheelbarrow, another wheelbarrow. No taxes. You hear? You have to focus. Pinchas. It was great for Yitzchak, my little grandson. I was like, wow. I'm like, you're in. You know, that's a fantastic story. So, yeah. So, we, people have to, we have to learn how to focus on what's real. Yeah, sometimes you have to make other people uncomfortable when they're doing the wrong things to Hashem. You have to make them uncomfortable. If they tell you, what about Shalom? Like, Shalom is, is, is a whole minion dominating without talking. Shalom is a whole minion dominating without looking at their phones. That, that's Shalom. Shalom is not while you're looking at your phone next to me and, 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 and if I say something to you, then I'm causing a fight and why are you doing that and, 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 and you're breaking machlekes, machlekes. Shalom is, 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 is Shalom, is Shalom between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay. Why was Pentecost what he did Shalom for? It made it made Shalom because he saw Cosby was doing an Avera Berabim. He was doing Znus Berabim, right? He was doing a Chil Hashem, and he realized that if I don't not take this guy out, right, the Chil Hashem is going to continue, and the rest of Klai is going to start doing it because the whole Shevet Shimon were looking at their Nasi. If my Nasi can do it, I can do it for sure, right? So he stopped. He stopped the Magefa. Hashem was going to wipe out the whole Klai Znus. When it comes to immorality, we learned this last week and two weeks ago in the Medrash. When it comes to immorality, tzaddikim go down with, 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 the regular, with the bad people. Everybody goes down together. So he, he made peace between Hashem and Klai Yisrael. And that's, that's the true, that's the true shalom. I'll tell you a story today that happened. You want to hear true shalom? I'll tell you true shalom about Klai Yisrael. So, I am not going to be able to talk to anyone after my tonight because I'm on an early, early plane. I'm going to Utah. I'm going to a rehab. That a, a very good Jewish girl who went through some crazy story 
ended up is in this rehab and and she's not doing that well and I'm I'm going to go tomorrow and um, so she asked me for it's it's totally non-Jewish it's Mormon it's like no no Jews there whatsoever she's by herself so um, she's twenty she's an older girl so she asked me if I could bring her some kosher food and if I could bring her some other things and one of the things she really misses is music she wants music and she she's very from what she went through is nothing she's very from girl. So she wants only Jewish music and only kosher food or whatever it is. She's never not eating this. She's eating tomatoes. I don't know whatever she eats. Anyway, so she sends me a fact at twenty to seven that all the things she wants me to bring tomorrow. I don't really want to do it. Ah, please, and she send me a fact. And on the fact is, can you send me an MP, can you bring an MP3 with Jewish music? I don't have any Jewish music here. And she's very depressed and it's very hard what she's going through. She, and music would help her a lot. So could you could you you know could you get me an MP3 or a an iPod with no internet? She's very from. I don't want any internet. An iPod only music. Okay. So it's like twenty five to seven, and I'm like so. I run to the store to buy an iPod. I buy the iPod. And I'm like, okay, can you download some music? Because I'm totally illiterate when it comes to computers. I don't have a computer. So and he goes, no, I, we don't do that. But Mostly music on 47th and 13th run over there. They do that. I get there about 10 to 7. They're closing at 7. I get there about 10 to 7. And the guy that's sitting there is like, I would love to do it for you. I told him, I'm going to Utah. This girl's in, in a really bad place. And any Jewish song that you'll hear will be like a light in the darkness. You, have, you don't understand the schuss you'll get. He's like, Rabbi Wallerstein, I would do anything for you. I don't know how to do it. The girl that does it, Right? It's not here. She left at 6. So bring it tomorrow. I'm like, tomorrow morning at 4.30, I'm down in Shachris in Shemr Shabbos. Okay? Talitham told him it's 4.25. I got to make a 7 o'clock flight. I'm like, if you guys are open at 4, I'll be there. But I don't think you open at 4. They're like, no. I'm like, I cannot come there without music. But he says to me, he says, there's another store called Nigunim on 13th and 41st. Now that's his competition. Okay, that's his competition. This is mostly music. That's Nigunim, right? He goes, let me call him. Maybe the guy's here that could do it. And I'm thinking to myself, he's your competition. Like, whatever I'm going to spend on, right? I was thinking, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll come back from Utah and I'll, 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 I'll do it and I'll, I'll send it to FedEx, right? So I'll do it when I come back. Whatever it is, he goes, no, no, she needs it. You, you, you got it. You can't come empty-handed. You got to go to Nigunim. But he's on 41st, but he calls at seven. She gets on the phone, calls the guy on his cell phone. This is the competition. Calls the guy on his cell phone. He goes, "Are you? Are you? To what time are you open?" He goes, "Till seven. He goes, "Listen, I get right while I don't know how to download. I can't download. I don't know how. Would you download the stuff for him? You know, you have to buy the CD and then they download it for you, whatever." He says, hundred percent. I'll stay open as long as you want. Send them." So, I, so he sent me to his competition. He sent me to his competition, and I spent all the money, whatever I spent, on the music, and and and, and he downloaded it. And Mr. Shem, I'm going to give it to her tomorrow. And I'm thinking to myself, this is this. I'm talking about Reese Shalom, but with Pinchos, right? You got competition. The guy on 47th Street is competition with the guy on 41st Street. They're both selling the same the same music, right? They're competition with each other. And he's sending me to the other guy because he can't do it. He sent me to the other guy, and you should do it. And you should give it to me for cheaper and whatever. And he's and then a guy that was in the store. Just a chassisha guy was in the store since I don't know anything about iPods and downloading and anything. He goes, I'll go with you to 41st Street. So this guy went with me to 41st Street, 
right? And he helped me pick that because the chesh girl, whatever, picked out the nigunim and the songs and everything. I don't want we can't chesh That's shalom. When and I, and I said to the guy in the store, I'm like, you guys like you're six blocks away from each other. He goes, no, no, we work together. We don't we don't have a problem with it. We 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 work together. He sells music. I sell music. We, I send him customers. He sells me customers. I'm like. I'm like, this is beautiful. We got, you know, I only talk, I come to here and I, everyone talks bad about Christ will do this and that, that. Hey, look, I'm telling you a story that happened to me today. No sweat. He called him up on his cell phone. He first called the other phone, the Nancy called on his cell phone. I'm saying, Rabbi, why? Amazing. Amazing. Christ is amazing. So anyway, so that's called BC Shalom. That's Shalom. That's Shalom. That's Shalom. When you have two competitors and they don't, they don't mind, you know, sending, sending to each other. Okay. Um, Mida Kenegi Mida. So we're talking about Mida Kenegi Mida that, that he made peace between Hashem and Kleistral. So Hashem gave him a Bithi Shalom. So I'm in the middle. I wear a Benu Tom's tool. And so every morning I learn, I learn Mishnayis. So I happen to be up to this week. I'm learning Mishach the Saita. Now, what, what is Mishach the Saita about? Mishach the Saita is about, it happens to be this week's talking about immorality. We're going to learn a big medrash about how the Jews, how they fell into these women, these Moab women. You're talking about, the Jews that are in the midbar, they're not stopping some guy that's going after a girl. So, so it's, it's hard to understand and we're going to see how they trap them and, and how we get trapped into all this stuff that we shouldn't be in. Um, so, so the Saita is a woman who the husband warns her. She's like, you know, she's on the phone, she's on her, her iPhone and like every time he wants to look at her text, you know, she doesn't let him look at her text. It's locked. And every time he walks into the room, she hangs up the phone. Something's wrong, right? And then he unlocks it and he sees this guy, this name keeps, you know, all day long and all night, there's, there's some guy on her phone calling her. And he's very suspicious. So he says, listen, here's the deal, girl. I don't want you ever going with, into, with this guy into a room by yourselves. And there are two witnesses there. When he calls her and says to her, I am warning you now, I am telling you not, to, I do not you want to be found in a room with this man alone. Okay, so he warns her. She doesn't care. So she ends up going into a room where there's two witnesses here going to the room and the door's closed and they're in there long enough to do stuff they shouldn't be doing. So that's called the saita. Okay? Now the halacha of a saita is, this is what this Mishnah that I'm learning, is that now that she was warned and there were eight of us are going to the room, we ask her to admit, did you have a relationship with this man? Now, she has a chance to admit it. If she admits it, being that there were no witnesses in the room seeing him do the act, we can't do anything to her. We just, she, you know, she has to get the, he has to divorce her. If she admits it, then the husband has to divorce her and Hashem has to take care of business because there were no witnesses in the room. But, if she says, no, I didn't do nothing. I was just sitting there talking to him having a conversation. So the client warns her and says to her, listen, you're going to go through some terrible stuff, I'm telling you right now, because there were witnesses that saw you go into the room, there were witnesses that saw your husband tell you not to go. If you did have relationships with that man, then when we're going to take Hashem's name, we're going to write it on a parchment, we're going to erase the parchment, the ink's going to go into the water, it's the only time you're allowed to erase Hashem's name, for Shalom Bayez. You're going to drink those waters, Mayim Hamamayrim, and if you did have relationships with that man, your stomach will blow up internally and your thighs will totally dislocate. So we don't want to do this to you. So admit that you did something because otherwise we have to do this. And she's like, nope, I didn't do anything. Very famous story brought down in the Medrash. There were twin sisters 
and they switched. The one that did it with the man switched with her sister, who didn't do it with the man. So she drank the water, and nothing happened, because it wasn't the, the girl that was with the man. And then when she came back, her sister was so excited that she kissed her on the lips, and one drop of water was left on her lips, and her stomach, that was it. She died. So it was he- heavy stuff. And it was extremely embarrassing. They, 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 they unknotted her hair. They, they, they uncovered her hair. They uncovered her body. It was, it was very, very uh, disgraceful. And they always gave her a chance to back out, tell us the truth, tell us the truth, tell us the truth, tell us the truth. So, the Saita, right? In the Sech the Saita, which happens to be what I'm up to right now. So she gets punished. Um, and she gets punished. This Mida Kenegi Mida. Everything in this world is Mida Kenegi Mida. So, um, what happens to her is that, I'll read it to you. The Mida Sha'ad the according to the standard in which one behaves, the way you live your life, that's how you're going to be treated from Shemayim. He kishta as atzma She adorned herself for sin, makeup, jewelry, right? To be, to be attracted to that other man. Hamakam nivla. So, um, they reveal her, they reveal her body. He gilsas atzma lavera, makam gila leha. So, the yarech hadchila lavera, her avera began at her thigh. And then at the stomach, therefore the thigh gets struck first, and then the stomach. But don't think the rest of the body, um, the rest of the body escapes. Nothing escapes. In fact, he brings down that her first thing that happens is her eyes turn green. Her skin turns green. From whatever, from whatever she when she drinks this, it's not a joke. Um, Her entire body is stricken when she drinks the bitter waters. The Gemara in Daf Chaf Amid Beis brings a brisa that says more examples of the sight of being treated measure for measure. What she did since she made her face up with makeup for the adulterer, her face becomes yellow when the bitter waters begin to work. Since she made up her eyes for him, her eyes bulge. Since she drank wine with him in fine glasses. Therefore, her bitter water is given to her in plain earthen vessels. Everything is, um, everything, everything is mida kenegi mida. Okay. So the Mishnah goes on and says the following. Mishnah Ches. Shimshin halach acher enov. And I have to explain this to you because you can't judge Shimshin Agiba. But Shimshin went after his eyes. Lefichach nikru plishtim is enov. Therefore, his eyes were—they pierced. They took out his eyes, right? They, they, when, she, when he gave when he gave away that his hair gave his class, and, and she cut his Delilah cut his hair. So then they made him blind. They popped out his eyes because he used his eyes to look at her. Shenema vayechazuhu plishtim. The plishtim took hold of him. Vayanakuus enov, and they took out his eyes. Now. You have to understand who Shimshin was. So the Martinur, the explanation is that he says like this. When Shimshin visited the city of Timna, he saw a plishti girl, a plishti woman, Delilah. Upon returning home, he requested of his parents that he would be arranged to marry this girl. He wanted to marry Delilah. 
for she is because it, it says in Shaitan, he said, for she is right in my eyes. Right? Although it states that the marriage was decreed by heaven because that way Shimshin could come against the Pelishtim, it was considered an act of rebellion because he first looked at her and that's what he had a desire for her. Now the Marshal says that Shimson's parents were opposed to the marriage because she was the daughter of a non-Jew, even though she she was going to become a ger. In other words, he wasn't he wasn't going to marry a guy. He's going to marry a ger. But his parents, Shimson was a nazir, was kaddish kedushin. So they said, we don't want you marrying a ger, right? So they were they were against it, and therefore, um, therefore he he lost his eyes. Mida connected Mida. Okay, Avshalom. Avshalom, who was David Amelech's son, who was the most beautiful person in the world, who had very, very long, beautiful, flowing hair. Avshalom is God Avshalom was glorified by his hair. What happened? You know the story with Avshalom? He was riding on a horse, he was running away, and his hair, his long hair got caught in a tree. And the horse kept going, and he was left hanging on the tree by his hair. Defenseless. He didn't have a sword, he didn't have anything. And David Amelech, we'll see what happens. So, Avshalom is God is all right. Avshalom was proud of his hair, of his beautiful looks. He got hung by his hair. Why? Because he was with, cohabited with, ten of David Amelech's Palakshim. He's not allowed to be with, David Amelech was the king. He can't be with his father's Palakshim, right? But he was anyway. Therefore, when they killed him, they, 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 they pierced him with ten lances, lances and a spear. So he was killed with ten lances because he slept with ten concubines, ten, 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 um, palakshim. Shanam, like it says in the Pasuk, and ten men, bearers of Yoav, that was, that was the, uh, general of Dawud Amalek, and they killed him, even though Dawud Amalek never told him to kill him, and he was very angry that they killed him. Right? What else happened to him? Before the lances were thrown, because he stole three hearts, Avshalom stole three hearts, we'll say in a minute what, Lev Aviv, the heart of David HaMelech, Lev Bezdin, the heart of Bezdin, the Lev Yisrael, the heart of Yisrael, as it says, Vayiganev Avshalom is Lev Anshe Yisrael, therefore, Niktu by Shloisha Shivatim, before they hit him with the lances, they hit him with three darts, three poisonous darts in the heart. That came first. V'yikach Shloisha Shivatim Bekapai, V'yikach Lev Avshalom. It says that Yoav, the general of David Amalek, took three poisonous darts and stuck them because he was he was hopeless, he was helpless, he was hanging. Stuck him into the heart. Avshalom was an unbelievable warrior, so it took him three poison darts and ten lances to take him down. Why three and ten? Ten Balakshim he was with, and three was he came to David Amalek, his father, and he asked Rishus to give him a letter. Stating by the command of the king that Avshalom had a right to, to have two righteous Jews be with him all the time. What did he do? He took that letter and he went two, 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 two. He went over until he had the whole Bezdin. He showed them, oh, my father said two. He took those two. Then he went to someone else. He showed him the letter. He took another two. Then he showed another two. Another two. So all of a sudden he had this whole army of people. So he fooled his father. He fooled Bezdin. He, he took all of the Bezdin. And he fooled Klyestro. So for that he got the three darts. Hashem is very into... Mida, Keneged, Mida. But, and this whole thing of Pinchas ben Allah's of becoming a Kayan is only because of Mida, Mida. But, it also works to the good. 
Not only me the comida to the bad that you do, but me the comida to the good that you do. For instance, says the Mishnah, Miriam, Himtina Lamaisha, I love this Mishnah. Miriam waited for Moshe, Shoachas, one hour to see what happened with Batya. Shinema, she, she watched him, right? What was her reward? When she spoke Lashon Hara, Klai Yisrael waited seven days in the Midbar. So, when it comes to the bad, right, you get punished exactly. You, he, 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 he was with ten women, he got ten lances, not twenty or thirty or forty. But when it comes to the good, Hashem pays you way more. She waited for one hour. They waited for seven days. When it comes to me, the connected me, for the positive, it's much more than what you deserve. They didn't travel until Miriam was ready. Yosef, Yosef at He had the chus to bury his father. His father made him promise that he would take him out of Mitzrayim. So Rashi says, why him, not the other brothers? Because, because Para would not let Yaakov out of Mitzrayim. He knew that Yaakov in Mitzrayim was a big bracha being buried there. But Yosef was, since he was second to Paro, so he had the power. The other brothers didn't. So Yosef was Aviv, the Menu. There was no one greater than the brothers, in the brothers than Yosef. Shinema, Vayal Yosef, right? Vayal When Yosef went up, all his chariots went up. So Mida Kineged Mida, being that Yosef was the biggest of all the brothers and he was the one who buried his father, right? Who would have to bury Yosef? If it's Mida Kineged Mida and the biggest of the Shvatim was the one who buried Yaakov, then the biggest of Klaisro would have to bury Yosef. So who ended up burying Yosef? Moshe. Mida Kineged Mida. Vayal Yosef Ligwa Zabit, Vayal Yimoyah, right? Milan Ugadal Mi Yosef, Shalait is asking by Ella Moshe. So the, the great, just because he was the greatest, so now the greatest has to be with him. So with Moshe Abeno, Moshe Zachab Atzvi Yosef. The Aim Bishro, Gadim Yimano, it says, Yikach Moshe, Atzvi Yosef Yimai. Who ended up, neither can they give me the taking of Yosef? Moshe Abeno. So now, who's going to bury Moshe? The greatest buried Yaakov. Then the greatest buried Yosef. Who's going to bury Moshe? Me, Gadim Moshe, Shalai Nisbaki, Elam Akim. Who buried Moshe? Hashem. He buried him in Gai. It's not only talking about Moshe Benu. So we see here that um, that the Mamashimida Kinegimida, exactly what the person does in this world, either bad or good, that's what happens to them. Okay, that's a very important lesson for Pashas Pinchas. That's why if something happens to you, you need to think about the media connectivity. If you hurt your, if something, you have pimples in your mouth, you probably said Lashon Hara. You have a sty in your eye, and you probably looked at something you shouldn't have looked at. You always look at the aver that's being, that's being hurt, and you try to figure out, you know, why that happened to you. Not, not always can you figure it out, but that's everything Hashem does is always, is always, um, media connectivity. So let's take a look. And this is really a very important lesson for us. Let's take a look how did these girls get this holy, holy nation to to bow down to idols, to sleep with them in the biblical sense, and do every avera that's possible? I mean, Baal Pa'ar was the worst, the worst avayda that exists in the world. Baal Pa'ar, the way you serve it is you defecate on it, you make on it. So they used to eat these 
these uh, vegetables that would give them diarrhea and, and that would give them the more diarrhea the, the more you're serving the idol that's how they serve the idol so now can you imagine tzaddikim burying themselves sitting on an idol and, 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 having, and making I mean the whole, how, how, like, how do you go from Matan Taira like no one in this room would ever do something like that like so like like how do these people fall into this? How, how do you fall into such a thing so it's very easy to understand so I'm going to read you the Mamloyes. The Mamloyes brings the following story down. So Balak and Bilam knew this. Like, we're not, we're not, like, going to have a red light district, right? With some hookers, you know, and the Jews are just going to go out there and, and, and deal with a bunch of Zionists. They knew who we were. Yitzhara knows that he's not going to walk up to a guy or a girl and say, you know, walk up to Avenue J to someone and say, let's do the biggest Amera. She's going to be like, you're a sick guy, get out of here. Hello, police 911. Hatsola, somebody help me. This guy's nuts, right? Yitzhar knows that. So he never works that way. He never works that way. That's why it says, he comes in like a little teeny needle, my famous story with the, with, the, with the nail. He comes in with like a teeny little needle, and you don't see it coming. You never see it coming. You know, you never see it coming. Someone right now is in a very bad place because she put up on her face on her Facebook. And we're talking about it on Tisha, but she put it on her Facebook I'm lonely. That's all she put up. I'm lonely. She's lonely. She has a room by herself. She's lonely. She put up, I'm lonely. She's in a psych ward because she got raped. That's all she put up was, I'm, I'm lonely. What happened? Some guy said, I'm also lonely. I, I'm not interested in anything physical. I just want to talk. <laughs> she fell for it. And she's in a very bad place. She tried to kill herself after that and the whole thing. And you can't even prove anything because she's over 18. And if you go to somebody's apartment... You can't say that the person did something to you because you went, you went there willingly after you're 18 years old. So they're very smart. The, all these animals that are on, on, on the internet that I'm begging people not to be on, I'm begging people, everyone's so smart and everyone knows, right? So there are guys that are on there and they look and they're like, if the girl's over 18, they do whatever they can. And what are you going to say? You came to my apartment. What do you say? You say, I, I did something I didn't know. You came to my apartment willingly. You're an adult. You could have left. So the police are like, we can't do anything. Yeah, just a little thing. I'm lonely. Two words. I am lo- three words. I am lonely. And 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 the, the next three words could be I am pregnant, not willingly. Yeah, it's not a joke. Everyone, oh, right, well, so you always go to the furthest point. What's furthest point? I'm lonely. Big deal. Guy wants to talk to me. He was he was lonely. I was lonely. Big deal. You know, he just wanted to talk to me. He was a nice guy. You know, educated, has a good job. Like he wouldn't be the kind of guy that would do something like that. Okay, bye. All right. So what did they do? Here's what they did. They're also very smart. What should I say? Okay, bye. Goodbye. It's done. It's over. Right? What am I going to do? I can't. I can't change back what happened. Right? I'm the guy that's staying. Oh, he's a. Cold, he's so cold. What do you mean? Oh, go goodbye. I'm the one that's left with the pieces. I'm the emergency room, not you guys. So you know, I'm the guy that's left with the emergency room. So that's why I'm the guy who's saying, "Put your seatbelt on." The famous story that happened to me. And, and people don't listen. I just keep saying it, I keep saying it. People just keep getting hurt. There's many, many different ways to get hurt. That's not the only way to get hurt. There's many different ways to get hurt. You go online and you're a Jew and they're like, oh, and they start talking to you and they have all these proofs and all of a sudden you have questions and all of a sudden you belong to this cult and to this gang and to this dad and we get, we got he she's and she he's and I don't know who's a guy and who's not a guy and they belong to crazy cults, crazy cults that Jewish kids are getting involved in and then they're coming from a boy to a girl and a girl to a boy, a girl that I knew, she sent me a picture, she had a beard. Shalom Aleichem, my new name is Chaim. I'm like, that can't be you. She goes, that's me. 
I'm like, what happened? Operations, they paid for it. It's a cult in Minnesota, whatever. Operations, they pay. They love Jews. They, 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 they pay for the whole thing and the hormones and the operations, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And she wants to know if she can put on tefillin. She, uh, she's a she. She says, she, he, don't call me he, don't call me a she. I'm a she, he, I'm a he, she. I don't know what you are. I'm a gender. I'm not a gender. It's an agenda. Anyway, so which, where, so I said to the, like, where, hello, girl, girl, where did you, where did you, where, like, hello, like, where did you find this? Like, is it the back of a comic book? Like, the back of an Archie? Like, a mad magazine? Like, where, where do you find? I want to become a, I'm a guy, I want to become a girl, or vice versa, right? On the internet. And, and, and she was going on the internet, she was surfing, and she came upon a shark while she was surfing. And the shark gobbled her up. Now she's a guy. Nebuch. Right? Where did she find that? Where do you find that? Like, where do you find a place in Minnesota, a cult and a group and a whole chevra that's willing to pay for it? You're not going to find it in the Jewish press or the Yated, right? So once you get onto that internet, it's like, they're not just after one thing, they're after a million different things. So this happened. This happened. Yeah, yeah, it's not, nothing new, says Shlomo Melech. Nothing new, Tachas Hashemesh. This happened, 24,000 good rabbis, Jews, good guys. Died, went down. If it wasn't for Pinchas, Hashem said, I would have wiped out the whole Kaisro. Goodbye. I was going to take them all out. Prostas, Nus, Hashem's like, out. Look at the Pasuk. Pasuk says, I was taking them all out. One guy got up, stopped the whole Magaifa. One guy. So how did this happen? So listen, listen to the brilliance of the guys who created the internet, but these guys' name were Bilam and Balak. Listen to how they got us to do this. So, they said the following. They took a street, they put up tents. Okay? And in the back of the tent, they took a prostitute, and a really beautiful one, and they dressed her up, perfume and makeup, but you didn't see her. She was in the back room, all the way in the back. And an old, unattractive, totally unattractive lady stood at the door, right? So the guys were like, I ain't doing nothing with her, right? So there's no problem with Yichud here or Nagiyan here because, phew, no way, right? Fine, that was exactly their plan. And in their hand, they put linen. Now, the Jews did not have linen. Okay? Where does linen come from? Flax, a plant. Jews didn't have flax. They had sheep. They had wool. They didn't have linen. Linen's nice. Right? So, man, market day. Want to buy something nice for your wife? Come, buy some new linen. Old lady. There's no problem buying from an old lady. Right? Even Rabbi Wallace would say, like, it's not Yisha with her, right? Even though Enoch and Chavis it doesn't matter what they look like, right? We learned about the, the halacha that you're not allowed to have with a dead body. So it doesn't matter what it looks like, right? Okay. When the Jews came shopping and they left their tents, they were finished eating. So they had no Yitzhara to eat. They were good, right? Um, so the, when they came, the women, the old women that were standing at the door said, uh, would you like to buy some nice linen? And we didn't have linen. So we, uh, 
Okay, what do you got? Well, here's a sample, but I got all kinds of colors in the tent, right? So come into the tent and I'll show you all kinds. And you, you buy something nice for your wife. So the Jewish people said, so how much, how much what's the price? So now from the back of the room, they got him into the tent. So from the back of the room showed up the young one who was full of jewelry and makeup. And full of jewels. So the young one said, Come in, come in, come in, come in. Listen to this. Kulav ain't anachnu of echad. Don't we all have the same father? Nice, nice lady, nice girls, right? Hey, we're cousins, family. And how many Jewish people never are in Arab? Jewish girls are in Arab villages. Cousins. Yeah, yeah. They, they take them out. They know how to talk. We're cousins. We're cousins. Kissing cousins, literally. Kulav ain't anachnu of echad. Terach avi Avram. Terach was the father of Avram, right? So, so Tarek was the father of Avram, and he had three he had three children, Haran, Nachar, and Terach. I mean, and Avram. So Lot, Moab came from Lot. So that was they came from the same. They all came from they all came. They all their grandfather was all Terach, us and them. So we're cousins, second cousins actually, first cousin, Avram, first cousin, well Avram's kid. So second cousins, right? Hey, family. Why do you hate us so much? Yeah, come on, Jewish people. Like, what's your problem? Why segregation? Why can't you marry us? Why can't you chill with us? Why can't you be online with us? Why can't you, you know, hey, we're all family. We are all family, right? We're all family. It's a song like that. Anyway, I'm not singing it. So, we love you. And, and you're special to, you're special to, to us. Yeah, we love you. Love is in the air. It's just all about love, right? In Cain, we're embarrassed to sell you linen. We're gonna give it to you for free. Ah. Hey guys, for free? They knew how to get to us. Free? Right, you know the story. Hashem gave five commandments, and and we said how much is it? And Hashem said free. We'll see. If we take another five. That's how we got the ten commandments, right? Free, free. When I learned this, I learned this fifteen years ago. You know what I wrote in in, in the in the mom lawyers fifteen years ago? Drugs for free to hook them in. Anyone here that knows anything about drugs, and I hope none of you do, do, do know anything, but I know a lot about it. Every drug dealer, the first hit that the kid gets is free. He's like, you don't got to pay for this, man. This is on us. This is on me. What are you talking about? This is on me. Around the schools they go, wherever they go, they're like, this blunt, this is on me. This coke is on me. This is on me. What are you, are you kidding me? No, I, I don't want money from you. You look like a good kid. I don't want money from you. You just enjoy yourself. He knows that it's addicting. So I give it to you for free, and you're going to use it, you're going to want it again, and you're going to want it again, and you're going to want it again. So free is probably, the things that we get for free usually end up being the most costly things in our life. So they came and said to us, listen, we're cousins, we want to be friends, and don't forget, we didn't have linen, so for us this was amazing. 
So they said, Pish, we'll give it to you for free. We don't want any money. Okay. So now we're inside. They're giving us linen for free. Everything's great. She says to us, the Zayna says to us, they took out food. Hey, you got to eat, got to drink. And if the Jew said, no, I, I brought my own food. My wife packed me. She knew I was going shopping. She packed me my own lunch. I'll eat my own food, right? So, um, she would say, um, you, you don't have to do that. We have goats. Listen, listen, listen to how they took us down. Listen how brilliant this is. They said, we have goats and we have lambs. Take out your knife and, and check it the way you eat kosher. We're going to eat kosher together. I don't want to eat, I don't want you to eat trays. Nah. Have to show them. We're going to have kosher food at the place that you're going. Yeah. I want to quote a couple of places that have kosher food that no Jewish boy should ever walk into. They have kosher food. Rabbi, I have kosher food there. Casino, this, yeah, I have kosher food. Women are walking around and not dressed. I know, but the food's kosher, man. Right, we went to the island and, oh my gosh, the beaches, whoa, Rabbi, oh my gosh. I'm like, how could you go there? Rebbe, that had good hashkocha. <laughs> I said, the beaches had a good hashkocha? No, the restaurant has a good hashkocha. Yeah, that's the, that's how they get us. So there's something kosher there, right? There's something kosher there. So, uh, yeah, it's like, a, I always call it, it's like a mezuzah on a base Zionist. Guy walks in and says, oh, it can't be so bad if it has a mezuzah on it. <laughs> how bad a place could it be if it has a mezuzah on it? Three. Yeah, that's exactly how they get, that's exactly how they get you. No, you can't have a mezuzah. Better it doesn't have a mezuzah. Better the, the, the Zionist was standing outside, not the old lady. Okay, so now we're in there, now they're, they're making, they're, they're serving kosher food. Right? Nothing's changed. I'm serious. Nothing's changed in 3,000 years. Nothing's changed. Okay? So, we want to feed you the way your God wants. I don't want you to, to, to sin against your creator. Nice girl, no? She sounds stronger than a lot of girls I know. Hello? When the last time a girl walked over to you and said, listen, I really don't want you to ever do an aver against Hashem. That, she married her, right? Sounds like it's a dangerous stuff. I don't want you to do anything wrong against your God. You're getting comfortable. You're getting comfortable. Okay? The echol kiben bias, you should be like part of the family. Shari enanu rechaykin, we're not far from each other. Wahayolai kitan shalyayim and amuchin, she prepared wine, renatan ulushtois, she gave him to drink. Sha'athadayim loynesa yayin goyim. At that point, that's why, by the way, the reason that we're not allowed to drink yayin nesach, yayin goyim, we have to eat only, you know, that it has to be kosher wine and it can't be touched once it's open by a non-Jew is because of this story. Because because we drank the wine, that's when we started really doing the sins. So that's what that's what, so at this point they could drink any wine. Didn't make a difference. Kishasa Yayin, uh once they got him drunk, have a good day. Nikhlas by Arsa Yetzahara, the Yetzahara began to work on them, the Hiskal Limshak Aisha Elias Ima, and he began to in his mind that he should be with her. He Aisai Maris Ma Mahi Pazanazah. Calm down, don't jump on me. This is my lawyers. Don't jump on me, relax. What's the rush? Come oh, down, we got we got all night. Right, right, relax. I need a I'm yours anytime you want. Then Italian. Meanwhile, while he's drunk already and he's running after her, 
She says, I want you to, you know, shek the chicken or whatever you want to eat. But I want you to do me a favor. When you shek it, just shek it in front of my avoid It's not going to hurt you. This Jewish guy, since he drank from the wine, um, and so now he was all hot and all crazy. And he said, I want to be with you. She said, one second. I'm not going to lay with you. Until you serve my avoid desire. As drunk as he was, as far as he was, as crazy as he was, if they said who these people were, he said, no, 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 no. I am a Jew. And I'm not serving your avoid That I'm not going to do. Amullah, she said to him, no, 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 no. I'm not asking you to give honor to my Avaidazara, and to bow down to him. And Allah was bizarre. No, I understand you're a Jew. We gotta make fun of this Avaidazara. Shitas the truck of the fun of. You should make on it. Teach my Avaidazara a lesson. She's after he did that. Not, she said, okay, now I did everything you want. Let's go. Let's make it happen. No, no, guys. No, the Satan is not. That's not what you see in the picture. And I'll tell you a crazy story. And we'll end with that. What you see is not what you get. You want to lay with me? You want to sleep with me? You want to be with me? You have to get up and you have to deny the Torah of Moshe Yerebi. The Sultan was ready in his guts, further in his guts. Also, I call Masha Amri, he did everything she wanted him to do. So he ate, he, he, he was with her, he served the Avayi Zara, and he was Kaifa Be'ikar. This happened because of the wine. Without the wine, they wouldn't have gone that far. Goza Pinchas. Pinchas made the Gzeirah. In the name of Hashem, the shame of a Firish. That you're not allowed to drink. You hear this? I want to insert this. Pinchas with Moshe, with the seventy of Canaan, with Hashem's name. So don't think it's a little thing to drink non-kosher wine. Okay, it's a very big thing. Okay, and this is what happened. This is what happened. So it always starts just with a little thing, until you get all fired up. And once you're fired up, you can you can be the biggest person in the world. You'll end up doing avodah zarah. And, and being kai for the Iker. But the Satan very smart. So he starts with a little phone. It's a big deal. So I'm looking at a picture, Rabbi, a big deal. It's a picture. And the picture goes to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Before you know it, you're like, how did I get here? This is what happened over here. And Pinchas stopped it. He said, he stopped it. So, I'll tell you two stories. There happens to be a fantastic story. I really should tell you this story because it's a really important story. It's a fantastic story about um, about who was the rabbi? They went to Islam Zalman. Have to hear this story. So the story is like this. Um, there was a girl who was growing up in an irreligious home. And there was a boy that was growing up in an irreligious home. And they both became Bali Tshuva. 
and they went to Eretz Yisrael, and they both were learning in Eretz Yisrael, and they both met each other, and they dated, they were Shashapkin, they dated, and they decided to get engaged, and they're going to get married, right? Nice story. Throughout their engagement, interesting, the Chassan and Kala made up one thing, one thing that's going to be in our marriage, and that is, we will always have an open dialogue. We will always tell the truth to each other. It's such an important thing. No matter what happens, no matter what goes down, because if you have to tell the truth to your wife, and your wife has to tell the truth to you, and that's what you're going to do, it'll keep you from doing a lot of bad things that you shouldn't do. If that's your dialogue between the two of you. So these two made up that they will tell each other everything about themselves. Okay? So, there was a problem. And the problem was that she had a secret that she didn't want to tell him. But Lemaissa... She made a deal with him that no secrets. So finally, she she says she she stayed up nights racking her tormenting conscience. She cried bitterly. To, she had no one to confide. And finally, there was less than two weeks to the wedding, and she figured he loves me much now. I could tell him anything. So the next day, she told him her secret. She said that in my previous, when I was non-religious, I had been married for a very short time to a guy, and then I got divorced, and then I became from and. Okay, what's, it's not the end of the world. Like, she didn't cheat on him, right? It's all right. So she said that the whole marriage last few weeks, we, we divorced in Argentina in the civil court. I was living, I, came, I come from Argentina. So she studied him carefully, and this guy that she was going out with, that she was about to get married, instead of saying, okay, don't worry, you know, don't worry, it's okay, he, he turned white. And she, he was not afraid to faint. And she said to him, um, I didn't think that you would be angry at me for something, you know, like that, that, that I'm telling you what I did, you know, I'm telling you, I got married, it had nothing to do with you, whatever it is. He says, no, you don't understand. I'm a Kayan. And a Kayan, if, if a Jewish girl sleeps with a non-Jewish man, he's not going to marry her. So, she was married to a non-Jewish man, they're getting married in two weeks, she now just told him that she was married to a non-Jewish man, He's a Kayan, they have to break the marriage. That's why he was white, he wasn't angry at her. So they didn't know what to do. She did not know that a Kayan, a lot of people don't know that, that if you ever slept with a, with a non-Jew, with a non-Jew that, fact, I have a crazy story, it's not for tonight, but I have a crazy story where a Kayan, one of my Talmidim, was engaged to a girl, and he was much older, and she was much older, and I came to the engagement in Lakewood and found out that this girl was a gare. And you cannot marry, a queen cannot marry a gare. And it was, I came to the engagement, and I'm like, I pulled him out of the engagement, I'm like, I just wish she was a gare, you're a queen. Can't marry a gare. He goes, what? You now marry a gare? He didn't know. I said, no. What are we going to do? I can't embarrass her in front. I said, okay, I heard a story once upon a time. Let's, let me talk to her. I'll break it to her. You just go back and I'll talk to her. So after everybody left, he walked out. I sat down with her. I'm like, uh, I can tell you her name was Shirley. I'm like, Shirley, I have some bad news for you. She goes, what rabbi? I'm like, you see, um, you're a gear. He's kind. That don't work. There's no way around it? I'm like, no. I said, um, who made you a gear? She said, the Besden in Boston, a good Besden, real Orthodox Besden. 
resident of Boston. I said, why did you decide to become Jewish? I said, Shirley, why all of a sudden you woke up, you wanted to become Jewish? She goes, no. My mother was also a gear. So I figured, my mother's a gear, I should be a gear. <laughs> True story. I can, I, 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 the guy that the client that's married to her can come here and tell you the story. I said, no, no, tell me this again. He says, my mother was a gear. So I became a gear. So I said, okay. But her mother's not religious. So if the gayers that the mother did was by reform rabbis, it's not a good gayers and she's a gear. She did it orthodox in Boston. Her mother, right, when did her mother become a gear? 1941. So I went to the library. So I got, I got the papers. Had three rabbis signed on the bottom. Who knew who were these rabbis in 1941? I went back to 1941 in the library, New York Library, the big library, and I found these three rabbis were part of an Orthodox Besden. And they were part of an Orthodox Besden, and therefore her mother was a, was a Jew. And her mother kept it for a little while with her father. Her father was Jewish. And her mother kept it for a little while, and then they got divorced or whatever it is, and she, after that she went off. But she definitely kept one Shabbos. And I have it, I have it at home, I can show it to you. I have the 1941, I have the Gayrus. So in the end, they could be married. I was like sitting there, I was like, I was like, Chayim, get in here! He's like, what happened, what happened? I'm like, she's a gear because her mother's a gear. That's great! He goes, that's great? I'm like, yeah! She's a regular Jew like me and you. If her mother was a gear, she could be a gear, no problem. But then we had another problem. Another problem. This girl was in her 40s. She went, she wasn't religious. She went to college. If she ever slept with a non-Jewish guy, she still can't marry him. How many non-Jewish girls, non-religious girls who are 40 never slept with a non-Jewish guy in college and all that stuff? So I'm like, oh my gosh, we still have a big problem. Anyway, the bottom line is her mazel, that all the boyfriends that she had, two boyfriends in her life, they were both Jews. Crazy story. Rebbitson and the Rebbitson, um, Rebbitson Cutler knows the story. She came to the wedding. She wanted to, everyone to know that it was a good wedding. So this girl, Hashem, had she... The reason I'm telling you is because of, of this story. Had she slept with a guy, she would have been ushered to a coin. The two boyfriends that she had in her life, that were 10 years, this one and whatever, were both Jews. Hashem runs the world. And they're married. A good marriage. What? No. That's not the halach. It's not the halach. If she was with a, if she, if she was with a Jewish boy, then, then it's not okay. It's very not okay. Don't get me wrong. But no, it's not okay. Anyway, even if you're not a client, it's not okay. No, it's not okay. What? Right, so listen to what happened to the story. So now what do they do? They didn't know what to do. So they went to the Rosh Hashiva. Listen to what happened here. They went to the Rosh Hashiva. How long are we speaking already? We've got another five minutes. Okay. She went to the Rosh Hashiva, and the Rosh Hashiva said, You have to go to Shlomo Zalman Albach. Ask him what to do. Oh, so listen to what happens. They went to the place of and they figured, let's see, it was after midnight, they were going crazy, two weeks to the wedding. They came to Shlomo Zalman's house, and due to the severity of this case, they felt they, they could knock on the door. They saw that his lights were on inside, so they knocked. The door opened, and Shlomo Zalman listened to the whole story. His face mirrored with sorrow. According to Allah, he told them there was no solution, the couple could not marry. There's no solution. 
She was married to a guy in Argentina. There's no solution. There's no way around that. The couple stood before Rav Shlema and the mamish started crying. They, they, they wanted to marry. There's nothing they could do. All of a sudden, without warning, Rav Shlema Zalman started to cry uncontrollably. He saw these two people in so much pain. He's a gadol, right? He felt their pain. His love for his fellow Jew was so apparent that his merciful heart cannot bear the pain. The couple later related that it was nearly impossible for them to stand and listen to the tzaddik cry. His crying broke their heart. Tzaddik feels the pain of someone else. Okay? Chazal tells us that a cry from a broken heart does not go unheeded. The very next day, a Jew from Argentina was in Yerushalayim and heard the strange story about a Kayan who was engaged to a woman from Argentina who was once married to a Gentile. He knew the woman from back home and remembered her story. He even knew the Gentile that he... And he came forth to testify unequivocally that he knew that the man, the man personally that she was married to, this girl, he wasn't a Gentile after all. This Gentile was really a Jew who had lost his way. The law regarding a Jewish woman who marries a Jewish man in a non-kosher marriage ceremony is that the marriage is not considered valid. So their first marriage, because from a divorce, she also, the claim, can't marry her. So from every point, the claim couldn't marry this girl, right? But she was not religious, so she married her Jewish husband, right? with a reformed marriage, which is not considered a marriage. So therefore, her status goes back to um, a, a Jewish woman who had relations with a Jew. So this testimony was accepted and the couple was cleared to be married. The Brish Shalom brought about by Rav Shalom Zalman's pure heartfelt tears was enough to initiate divine interventions. We see from here that the, what's the, what does it mean the Brish Shalom? So it says, romach that he took, he took a Romach in his hand, Right? He took his, all his Avorim, Pinchas, and he put it on the line for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's, that's, he took his, over here, Hashem Zalman took his whole body and everything, and he cried, and therefore from that came, comes, comes the Beast of Shalom, comes Shalom, comes peace. You see, between, you know, and I want to just tell you very fast, this is a very long story, it usually takes me an hour to say. Um, it actually was taken off one of my shirim ten years ago because it was so provocative. So, um, but to make the point that had to be provocative, I took it off. But I'm going to tell it to you very, very short. And I'm not going to make it so provocative. Okay? I told you it's going to take two minutes. I just want you to understand. And how Billam and Bala, how they, how these women fooled us. I mean, they really fooled us. They had all kinds of things. They had the old lady and then come in and then I'll make it kosher and, and I'll give it to you for free and we're brothers and with, and why do you hate us? They used every tactic that's used today online all over the place to trap us people. I'll just tell you a muscle that I heard that. When I heard it, it was like unbelievable. So just everyone here should understand what I'm saying, and everyone who's listening should understand what I'm saying. So there was this guy, and I'm going to make it very short. There was this guy, and um, and he lived in a street, and this this young girl, this this beautiful like model, moved in across the street, and he just every time she came home, he just couldn't get over her, and he was like, "Could I help you with your packages? Could I help you with your bags?" He was just infatuated with this girl. She was gorgeous. He was infatuated with her. And, 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 and he would follow her down the block and he would, he would look outside when she got out in the morning to work. He was mommish, infatuated with her. Anyway, one day she turns to this guy and she says, hey, you know, you're always looking at me. You're always following me. I know you like me. Why don't you come home for dinner tonight? The guy's like, what? I can't believe it. I got dinner with this beautiful model. He's freaking out and going crazy. Okay. So he comes to dinner and he sits down. And she's giving him dinner, and he's like, he's in heaven. He's like, this is, I, 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 this is like, this is a dream, right? And she says, you know, like, uh, you know, why don't you come into my room? He's like, what? This is crazy. I can't believe it. I'm going into a room. I'm not going to say it the way I said it last year, right? 
So he comes into the room, but you have to understand, because I'll explain to you what's going on. He comes into the room, and she, he walks into the room, and she's in the room, and she gets up and she locks the door. And she takes the key, and she flips it out the window. And he's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, right? This is crazy. And she gets on the bed, and he's like, he's, flip, he's freaking out. And she takes, she's wearing a, a, a skirt or whatever, and she, she just bears her top of her shoulder. And he looks at the top of her shoulder, and there's this huge, like, pus pimple. Like, the most disgusting-looking sore. Like, a terrible sore. And he says, what's that? And she goes, don't, you never paid attention to that. You, you were watching me and following me, and you couldn't wait for this moment. Like, why are you paying attention to that? Don't pay attention to that. He goes, okay, okay, I won't pay attention to that. And she takes a little bit more of her shoulder, and there's another one. He says, like, what's going on over here, lady? She goes, well, a few months ago I was diagnosed. There's a, there's a, there is a sore. There is a sore that's called a flesh-eating sore. It actually eats the body of the person. It's a very terrible, terrible disease. It exists. It's a, it's a, it's something you don't ever, you don't ever see. Okay, Imamish eats the person's body, the 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 muscle, the the, the the all the skin splits, the muscles. It's it's beyond anything that you can imagine. And he's like, "Is it catchy?" And she goes, "Catchy? It is one of the, it is one of the most catchy diseases in the world." Now get in here with me! And she grabs him and he starts screaming, "No! Get away from me!" He's locked. He has nowhere to go. She threw the keys out the window. And his whole fantasy and his whole dream. And now she touched him. And now his boils start to come out of his hands. And he's like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die in this room. My whole body's just going to molt. There's going to be nothing left of me. Oh my God. And slowly but surely, the two of them are locked in this room together. And their bodies are splitting open and the pus and the blood and everything's coming out. And he's dying. And he realized that the whole thing was just a trap. Now this is a terrible story, Rabbi Wallstein. Come on. This is the subtle. You see, what you don't see, when you look at pictures on the internet, and you look at girls, and you look at all these things that you're not supposed to be looking at, all the immorality and the znus that we look at, right? You see this beautiful girl, and you're like, whoa! And your Yetzirah does all kinds of crazy things to you. But the part of her you don't see is the neshama-eating virus that you're getting. That inside, that that beautiful girl, but what's behind that she will take your soul and in the next world you're going to be locked in a room with no key with that girl as your soul is being ripped apart and ripped apart and ripped apart and melting and falling apart and the Yetzirah comes to you and he looks so beautiful and you're like oh, I can't wait till she turns around I can't wait till she looks at me I can't wait to get you know to be in that room and to be in that house yeah and the Yetzirah is like sure look at me this is this is this this is the mom lawyers tonight the reason I'm telling you this story, this is the mom lawyer, it's the old lady. Sure, it's the old lady, and it's linen, and it's, I'm your friend. And then Shalai Bashulian, at the end, they would serve the void desire, and at the end, they all died. Every one of them that went into the tent, those were the 24,000. They all died. Every one of them died. So, Pasha's Pinchas is the Roimach, the spear, against immorality. And you have to realize 
that even though what your eyes are taking you and what's happening to you when you look at women and you look at things you're not supposed to, what you see is that beautiful woman, but you don't see the flesh, not the flesh eating, but the soul eating sores that she has. That the Yitzhara hides from you. But when you die and you leave this world, you will see them. And you will be end up in that room. And in all the... And I'm not the rabbi that tries to steer you, but I'm very real. And in all the Sefer Kabbalah, right, it says that a person who's with a, with a non-Jewish woman... Now that doesn't only mean, and I'm going to try to be as nice as I can here, it doesn't only mean that you are with a non-Jewish woman. If looking at the non-Jewish woman turns into making you do an Avera, so you are with that non-Jewish woman in the spiritual world. So even if she's in Holland and you're watching her on the screen, right, or she's on a movie, and that causes you to do an Avera, you and her are connected forever. And that's called Klippa. And when you come to the next world, it says that the more you try to get away, like a dog, the more you try to get your pants out of the dog's mouth, the more he clenches, the harder it is to let go. So it's, it's a mirage, everybody. All the beauty that you're looking at, all the stuff that you're looking at that looks beautiful, is that girl in the room that looks so beautiful, he could not get into the room. When she popped the key out the window, he was like, I'm in heaven, when he was in hell. And he had no way to get out. And that's what happened to Klaistral. And that's what Moab, that's what Bilam, who was the, 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 the right hand of the Satan, he understood that I'm not going to get the Jews to, to go after a, 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 a Zaina. I'm going to have to come up with a whole plan, free linen, free this, free that, free internet, free this, you know, free minutes on your phone, free this, free that, sure, sure. Free everything, free everything, free everything. But laying underneath that is a soul-eating disease that you don't see. And by the time you see it, it's too late. Pinchas Eliyahu. Pinchas is Hanavi. Maybe we'll be sorry for being so hard on you guys today. It's three weeks, but uh, we have to grow. We have to grow. So we should see Pinchas ben Eliyahu, the Karai, with the coming of Mashiach, You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.